Hey, Serena. Um, yeah, Tyler? We're recording right now. Okay. Um, that's a yes. That's a yes for me. And it's so hot. Okay. It's so hot in this studio. I mean, Tyler, you're not wrong. It's it's quite warm in here. I don't think we're going to make it. God, Tyler, dang it. We can't think like that. We have to focus on getting through this episode. What's even the point? It's not even worth it anymore. Okay, Tyler, but you know what? You know what? We can do this. We are getting through this episode together because we are co-hosts and that's what we do. We're doing this because we're doing a podcast right now. I'm Tyler Strandberg. Oh my god, and I'm Serena Schreifels. And you're listening to the Avatar Podcast. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> oh my god. Hey guys, on this podcast, we watch the Nickelodeon show Avatar The Last Airbender and analyze the plot, themes, and characters, as you know. At the end of each episode, we'll talk about who our favorite character was, as well as give the episode a rating on a scale of 1 to 10. You are listening to the Avatar Podcast. Yep, yep. <laughs> Serena, we've here, we're here, we're, we've made it. Um, I feel like a big himbo because oh, a lot no. of the things I mentioned last week, I was like, we'll talk about that next week. And I don't even remember them. So like, if they don't come up, I'm sorry. Um, but that brings <laughs> us to our current episode, which is the 11th oh. one of book two. And that is titled The Desert. So you guys, just a little bit of synopsis before we get into the episode. The Aang is stranded in the desert, helpless without the kidnap Appa. While they try to escape, Iroh and Zuko arrive at the Misty Palms Oasis and are recognized via a wanted poster by Jin Fu and Master Yu, the men hired by Toph's father to find her. They plan to capture them for the reward, but a secret society helps to protect Zuko and Iroh from them and from the Fire Nation. After going through the many perils, the desert Aang tracks down the sandbender who's, who stole Appa and learns that they traded Appa to a merchant in Ba Sing Se. Upon hearing that Appa was muzzled and infuriated, Aang enters the Avatar state and almost wipes out the sandbenders, but is calmed down by Katara. This episode premiered on Nickelodeon on July 14th, 2006, and was written by Tim Hendrick. So I do remember this now. You said that you were a John O'Brien fan. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a Tim Hendrick fan. <gasps> No, we are come. So I was going to say something. I've looked but I'm at the episodes that Tim Hendrick has written, and he has written a few so far. But like two of them, I didn't really like, and two mm-hmm. of them, I really, really liked. Ooh. And um, the two, he has many future episodes, and a lot of the future episodes of him of his, I enjoy. Spoiler. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to. I'm I, excited I to think learn I'm that. I'm a Tim Hendrick fan. Ooh, I might be a John <laughs> Let's dive into plot t-shirts. and themes and stuff. <laughs> we should okay. make t-shirts. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, Tim Hendrick or John O'Brien. No one will understand that, but whatever. I love it anyway. Let's dive into plot and themes and stuff, and let's dive into some things to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing to know is that this episode aired along with the episode before it, The Library, as part of the one-hour special Avatar, The Fury of Aang. Also super cool, this is literally the middle episode of the series, as there are 30 episodes before and 30 after it. I.E. middle. That's a definition. Oh my god, my mind is blown. Is it now? Good. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second time that Aang speaks in the Avatar state. The first time was in the Siege of the North Part 2, and unlike the first time, Aang's mouth does not glow while speaking. 
Oh, also super cool fact about herbology, I guess. Herbology? <laughs> okay. You're right. It is herbology because we're going to talk about cacti. Um, although there is a very popular myth that cacti store water, which can be extracted to the benefit of the thirsty desert traveler. In reality, many cacti are poisonous and or contain hallucinogens such as mescaline, uh, Saka, and MoMA. Discovered. MoMA. <laughs> <laughs> Saka and Momma. Saka and Momma. Actually, Momma, for those of you who no, don't know. No. And if you don't know why are you listening to this podcast, and get you with even it. Like a lot <laughs> I don't know how Momma is. Um, anyway, Tyler, are you on mescaline right now? Because it has properties <laughs> yeah. which induce a psychedelic experience very similar to LSD. I am not on that right now, but Saka's exclamation <laughs> at seeing a large mushroom cl- cloud created by Aang could also be interpreted as an allusion to psychedelic mushrooms, which makes sense given Saka's state of mind at the time. Mind-blowing. Oh, my God. Mind state, mind-blowing. And they were roommates. Oh, my God. They were roommates. So I'm firing Tyler. (laughs) 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 And I literally could not do this. Um, So the mushroom cloud produced by Aang also resembles the real-world mushroom. That's also produced by a nuclear explosion. Yeah, real-world mushroom cloud that's produced (laughs) by a nuclear explosion. I just stopped at mushroom. When there's a nuclear explosion, it creates a mushroom cloud. That's our first theme. So we've definitely seen Aang grieve before in Season 1 episode, The Southern Air Temple. Like we talked about in that episode, Aang was representative of the five stages of grief, which makes sense in an early stages of a kid's show. This was like the third episode of the show so it's like oh we want to hit these heavy topics but we don't want to like hit them too hard so the creators were like we're just kind of like gonna cover the five stages here Mm -hmm. even though it's still an incredibly deep and complex feeling it makes it easy for kids to understand but this episode here explores more of the nuances of grief and how incredibly difficult grief actually can be for someone to go through I be how complicated it is and how traumatizing it is to experience. So now we're going to go through them. The first stage is denial and isolation. Denial is often the first defensive mechanism of grief in order to protect ourselves from the initial shock. Often thoughts that occur are, this can't be happening, or how can this be happening? Which is exactly what we see Aang do when he very first confronts Toph. How could you let them take Appa? Why didn't you stop them? I couldn't. The library was sinking. You guys are still inside, and you could have come to get us. I could have saved him. It is also common during the denial phase to try to reverse the situation or try to fix it, even though our efforts are often meaningless, as we see Aang do again almost right away after he realizes he can't blame Toph. I'm going after Abba. In quote-unquote isolation, one could start to believe that life is meaningless and nothing is of any value any longer. Aang does this a lot as he teeters back and forth from this and anger. Sokka, let me see the things you got from the library. It doesn't matter. None of those will tell us where Abba is. It's not quite depression yet. It's still denial and loss of any kind of meaning. And it might seem kind of dramatic, but it also shows how much he really has just given up on everything. I really do be like that sometimes. I grief feel like saying that hard. Yeah, me saying that but I feel like it belittles grief and I don't mean to say it like that mm-hmm. because grief is like uh it's God, a lot a, to go through. It's a heart-bending emotion. Um but now anger. Uh <laughs> I don't know why you said it like <laughs> that. Um like real grief, Ang doesn't hit these marks in definite stages. He staggers between the two. Obviously, he feels anger when he can't find Appa and he definitely blows up the sand. 
He definitely blows up the sand. <laughs> no, he blows he up that sand. You know he does. <laughs> Often during this stage, our anger is directed at inanimate objects, complete strangers, or friends and family. We see that as Aang slowly becomes more irritable with the group. Wow, there's hardly any in here. I'm sorry, okay? It's a desert cloud. I did all I could. What's anyone else doing? What are you doing? We also see here that Aang kills a buzzard wops when it tries to take Momo. And that's how we even end the episode. Aang fully transitions to the anger stage as he goes into the Avatar state and directs his anger towards the sandbenders, even destroying their sand sailors. I recognize the son's voice. He's the one that stole Appa. Are you sure? I never forget a voice. You stole Appa! Where is he? What did you do to him? They're lying. They're the thieves. And our next theme for this episode is, um, we're done with grief, and now we are moving on to survival. The whole episode surrounds the survival of the group and how the severity is weighing intensely on each of them. Aang, stop it. You know Toph did all she could. She saved our lives. Who's going to save our lives now? We'll never make it out of here. That's all any of you guys care about, yourselves. You don't care whether Abba is okay or not. We're all concerned, but we can't afford to be fighting now. Okay, you guys. Katara is so focused on getting the group to safety. She's literally making sure that they all survive to get out of the desert, as we can see from this quote. We better start walking. We're the only people who know about the solar eclipse. We have to get that information to Ba Sing Se. As the episode continues, each of the gang loses the motivation that they've had to continue for their survival. Sokka drinks the cactus juice and starts to hallucinate. He's no longer capable of thinking for himself, let alone taking care of himself. And it's clear a few times, it's made clear a few times that Toph is utterly incapable of what she can usually do. Ugh. Can't you watch where you're. No. Right. Sorry. And then, uh, as for Aang, our fearless leader, uh, you guys, bad news. He's, like, completely given up on any kind of hope of survival. I'm sorry, Aang. I know it's hard for you right now, but we need to focus on getting out of here. What's the difference? We won't survive without Appa. We all know it. Come on, Aang. We can do this if we work together. Right, Toph? As far as I can feel, we're trapped in a giant bowl of sand pudding. I got nothing. Sokka, any ideas how to find Bossing Say? Why don't we ask the circle birds? It's in this moment, Katara realizes that literally imminent death, like D E A T H, death. Capital death. <laughs> like, capital, all capital death is upon them if they don't do something. And Katara is the only one who decides that she's going to keep them together. We're getting out of this desert, and we're going to do it together. Aang, get up. Everybody, hold hands. We can do this. We have to. Yeah, no, they have, they've all given up on surviving. Katara literally is the only one who's keeping them together at this point. She is so ingenuitive with the resources that they have available. Like, in order for everyone to drink, she gives out her bending water, i.e. putting survival above a potential threat that they might encounter. She also thinks of the cloud as a resource for water, knowing as she's been to clouds before. And also, upon discovering the sand sailor, she sees it as a way out of the desert, rather than just 
a piece of junk someone left behind. Yeah, everything that she is coming up with is literally like a way of thinking or using, like centered around survival. She's like so she is. She is. She's, yeah. she's, she's like, well, yeah, I want talked, her on my team. <laughs> honestly, I mean, we talked about Katara a lot in the survival theme, so we can dissect her character now. Oh my God, let's do it. We can't. Oh, frick, because we got to take a break. Heck, sorry, guys. Hey, guys, we're back. I don't know why I started it with that tone of voice. It's but okay. I it's like also, a little bit like, let's kind of ease them into it. Let's ease them back into it because we just had a break and um, we don't want to frighten them with the heroine of ages who is Katara. Oh, we stan Katara. We really do freaking stan Katara. And you know what, Tyler? Let's dig into that a little let's, bit. Let's... Let's dissect that a little bit. (laughs) Katara, like, okay, she's always pegged as the quote-unquote mom character, which I I hate the whole, like, the mom. I know. Like, the mom of the group. It feels kind of, like, misogynistic. It it kind of is, because there is kind of, like, a negative. It's like a, you know, you can't have any fun with the mom of the group, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. But she's, she's a mom because she's always taking care of them and watching out for them, like, Making sure they're okay. Yeah, and like we should, like we should be replacing like mom with like responsible, right? Exactly. And we should be replacing mm-hmm. it with responsible. She's the only one who's able to like take control over things and like deal with the situation that they're in. Like we've talked about before, like she's the only one who's like willing to take control over the situation. She's yeah. the only one who's willing to do that, take mm-hmm. that on. By far, the most mature character here. Um, she, and, like, she definitely displays that here, um, because she's the only one that's clearly not succumbing to their multiple Mm -hmm. aversions. Right. And she is finding a way to keep them together and alive. She knows, number one, that their lives are at stake, and number two, the severity of their situation. It's amazing how, like, incredibly patient she is with everyone. Oh, my gosh, You know, like, she is not getting upset with anyone for, like, how they're acting because, like, it wouldn't be useful to them, like, if as they're going through this desert, you know? Like, she's not getting mad at Aang because she knows that he's grieving. She's not getting mad at Toph because she knows that, like, Toph is literally at her limit. Like, she is doing the best that she can do with what she has. And, like, surprisingly, like, she's incredibly patient with Sokka, too, because, like, He's hallucinating, but she's, like, she's taking care of him because, like, she wants him to survive. Like, she just needs to make sure that he is safe, like, in the moment. It's like, ugh, we stand, we stand, We we stand her so hardcore. Also, I love, I love this episode because we see how much she cares about Aang. Because we did, we saw her initially um, calm him down in the Southern Air Temple. And, you know, she's briefly talked about seeing him in the Avatar state in the first episode of the season. Do you remember when we were at the Air Temple and you found Monkey Atso's skeleton? It must have been so horrible and traumatic for you. I saw you get so upset that you weren't even you anymore. I'm not saying the Avatar state doesn't have incredible and helpful power. But you have to understand, for the people who love you, watching you be in that much rage and pain is really scary. At the end of the episode, we already know how Katara feels, and now we're truly starting to see her, like, hurt for Aang. And not just hurt for him, but hurt with him as well, mm-hmm. because, like, he's clearly, he clearly can't get any control over his emotions, and she feels that she has to be the one to pull him together. Uh, Aang is so lucky to have Katara there, 
Um, obviously, Aang is clearly traumatized. We're moving on to Aang now. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's Aang time now. <laughs> it's time for Aang. It's Aang time. Yo, Avatar State. Yep, yep. Aang time. <laughs> I just, as I, as I was saying, Aang is traumatized over uh, giving up Appa. Giving and we, up is probably the wrong term. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, he was, Appa was literally like, stolen no. away from him. <laughs> That's Aang my did, fault. I write these scripts. <laughs> Aang did not consent no, to No, he this. did not. He wasn't just like, here's my bison. No. <laughs> No, for sure not. I would not give up my sky bison like that. But, you know, Aang is traumatized. And we see him become someone we don't even recognize. Um, Aang completely abandons his morals and his attitude. His fun-loving and free-caring attitude is gone. And we see him lash out to his friends and also destroy the sandbender sailors. Near the end of the episode, Aang kills the buzzard wasp that captured Momo. And this is very telling because it shows that he's completely abandoned his value for the life of all living things. You're right. Good job with Aang. Good job. Can Is I, it can not I swap anymore? on to the next character? Can you swapa? Swap. <laughs> We're swapa not talking for that about Sokka. Appa this episode, actually. We're talking about Sokka. Oh, I meant Swaka. Swaka. <laughs> In the last episode, we saw how smart he can be, but he Sokka, he's still a big old himbo. I love him. I love him so much. As Tyler said. He writes the script. I do. I literally wrote in this script, he's still a big ol' himbo. Um, yeah, but he he really is the comic relief in this episode. Oh, yeah. The comedic moments um work more in this episode compared to the last episode because without them, it would literally be too dark for kids TV. Like this mm-hmm. is literally life or death situation. It also brings up UA. Um, in the Swamp episode, he said he thinks of her all the time, and we're getting another glimpse of how much she means to him. Appa? But why would Princess Yue need him? She's the moon. She flies by herself. God, he, oh, man, this is just, it's so freaking romantic, right? He doesn't even think of the moon as just the moon anymore. Tyler, it's the girl he used to love. Ah! <laughs> Serena, literally, this is making me tear bend right now. My eyes are rolling in the back of my head oh my so God. hard right I'm, now. <laughs> I'm kind of crying. <laughs> we have one more character. We do have one more character. <laughs> and guess what? It's Iroh. So, okay, Iroh. Cool guy. This is his, I feel like this is his cool moment episode. Is it? Yeah, let's walk through that. Okay. Let's dissect it. Okay, so, okay. First, they're attacked by the Rough Rhinos. BT Dubs, love that name, Rough Rhinos. And Zuko clearly says something that strikes a chord with Iroh. It's nice to see old friends. Too bad you don't have any old friends that don't want to attack you. Hmm. Old friends that don't want to attack me. Next, they go to the tavern, and Iroh decides to play a game of pie show. May I have this game? The guest has the first move. I see you favor the White Lotus Gambit. Not many still cling to the ancient ways. Those who do can always find a friend. Then let us play. Welcome, brother. The White Lotus opens wide to those who know her secrets. What are you old gas bags talking about? I always try to tell you that Pie Show is more than just a game. Then the man Iroh played with takes him to a hiding spot and... Helps them. It is an honor to welcome such a high-ranking member of the Order of the White Lotus. Being a Grand Master, you must know so many secrets. Now that you've played Pie Show, are you going to do some flower arranging, or is someone in this club going to offer some real help? 
You must forgive my nephew. He is not an initiate and has little appreciation for the cryptic arts. Let's dissect, shall we? <laughs> yes, yes. All right. So, Iroh is part of a cryptic group called the Order of the White Lotus, which was mentioned in the quote above. Ugh, yes. First off, dope name. Um, like, ah. don't know what it is, but like, okay, I, I can get behind it. I would love to be it. part of the Order of the White Lotus. Like, that sounds just like the cool I'm just like, group. sure. Yeah, like, that sounds like a, a thing that exists. <laughs> Again, like we don't really know so that hard. much about this. Like, yeah, yeah and like don't. it's a cool name, sure. Cool and you're name. like, I want to be a part of it just because of that name. And yeah. I'm kind of like, sure. Okay, but also what we do know for a fact is that Iroh must be high up in the group because he's they literally call him Grandmaster. Yeah, I think I'm That's taking more cool. of like a Zuko approach to this, where I'm like, what are you two old gas bags talking? Oh, about? and I'm like, please include me in. Please give me your. <laughs> I'm secrets. like, I really don't know what's going on, but we can also interpret that it includes people from multiple nations, as Iroh is from the Fire Nation, and they are in the Earth Kingdom. They seem to more than cooperate with each other because they help each other, and as Iroh uh, pointed out, old friends who don't want to attack him. These are these guides. Um, but also by saying that he's alluding to the fact that they're all old geezers. Um, I'm repeating this fact because I feel like it needs emphasis, but I find it interesting that like the main goal of this group is like they're helping each other, you know, like yeah. despite the fact that Iroh is from the Fire Nation and they're from the Earth Kingdom, like they're still like trying to help him, even though like technically yes. the Fire Nation is like the bad guys, you yeah, know what I mean? Uh, I feel like this, I'm so fascinated with this because it really does reemphasize and reinforce the fact that, you know, the world is inherently good. Mm -hmm. Like, the Avatar, you know, Last Airbender world is inherently good. And mm -hmm. I just, I love that. And there's these old geezers there. They're up to something. They're doing something. <laughs> and what that is, is a break. Serena, there was a lot going on in that episode. Please tell me who your favorite character was, but I think I'm going to know who your favorite character is. I want to know if you know my favorite character. No, you just say it, and then I'll say if it's if I got it right or wrong. My favorite character is Iroh. Okay, I got it wrong. <laughs> really? I'm wait. I'm quite surprised you said Iroh, actually. Really? Wait, who did you think? I thought you were going to say Sokka. Really? Yeah, I thought you were going to say Sokka because of the cactus juice. Oh, well, okay. Honestly, so guys... Sokka is almost always a second runner Okay, yeah, Sokka is amazing. Yeah. We love him. That's established. But yeah. please tell me why Iroh is your favorite. No, Iroh is, from the very beginning, uh, wait, also when they're um, at the very beginning when Zuko is like, should we stop? And Iroh is just like, ha, 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 
Hold on, no. I'm gonna think in my head okay. what I think your favorite character is, and I feel like I know exactly. You read who it the is. script; you should know yeah. who it mm-hmm. is. Yeah, say it. It's Katara. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Katara, I love Katara. Yeah. We stand Katara. Oh. oh my god, we have merch. We have merch. Go on Redbubble and Katara. We stand Katara T-shirts. No, I love Katara so much. She. <laughs> I don't know what to he say has apart, no words. He loves apart her. what was already said. I yeah. mean, she she is the driving factor behind like keeping the gang together this episode. Without yeah. her, they would they would not have survived. I wrote mm-hmm. this, so go back and listen to everything <laughs> I wrote about Katara. Listen to survival, listen to Katara as a character. Um I she she is the the force behind this episode. She is the reason the gang is together. She is just mm-hmm. incredible. I I completely agree with that. I love Avatar The Last Airbender. I I don't like to be mean, right? Like No, it's okay. Like there are bad episodes, there are good episodes. Yeah, no, but I gave this episode a five. Okay. That's middle of the road, <laughs> not a good or a bad opinion. Yeah, like yeah. But I feel like especially in our world today, like anything that's like below the five is like it doesn't matter if it's a four three two or one like it's bad like mm-hmm. you'd not whatever so giving us a five is is kind of like it, it feels a little iffy to me but you know what i'm gonna stand by it because well, like, I, that's why we're trying to give the scale rating you know because exactly. like a five yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. really bad it's just no. not good or bad yeah it's not a bad episode at all if you listen to our last episode uh we talked about how the library is a very transitional um it's episode. a pivotal, pivotal moment. It is, it is. But I feel like the desert is more transitional. Okay. This one. And, and and not in like an entertaining way. Okay. I feel like it's there to fill a couple gaps. And I feel like most of the episode existed solely for Aang to enter the Avatar state. Okay. I, I'm not saying anything. I just... I know you're not saying anything, which is just... I mean, I don't agree. Right, and I knew, I, I knew that... I haven't said my verdict yet, so I, you know, like, I, right. I feel like I can't say anything. I just want to listen to what you have to say about it. Right. And and it's a super huge jump, because I very, I spoke very highly about I mean, like, if you want episode. me to say, like, what I think about it, we can talk more about it, about, like, our differing opinions. Oh, yeah, which is what I'm going to ask you to do now, because it is your turn to <laughs> give the verdict. Well, I mean, like, I'll say mine, and then I'll talk about it, and then we'll keep, like, going back oh, and yeah, forth, perfect, obviously. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> I gave this episode a 10. I knew it! I knew it! I (laughs) love this episode. I'm blown away by it. In case you couldn't tell from this script, it is amazingly written. I, my mind is just so blown. Um, so I watched this episode twice, and, like, now, especially in season two, and then especially since, like, you came on as a host, Mm -hmm. I've been kind of just watching the episodes as they go. Like, maybe I'll watch them once, and, like, maybe I'll watch them twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I watch them three times. Um, but, like, these ones I watched twice because I was really unsure what to give the library. And I was like, I can't watch just the library and then skip over the desert and watch the next episode that we're going to review. So I have to watch the desert again. And I'm telling you, Serena, <laughs> like, ever since I have watched this as an adult, like, this is an episode where as a kid I was kind of like, it's okay, like, it's just an episode. But as an adult, I was like, holy shit, this is an amazing episode. And every single time without fail, Aang enters the Avatar state. And <laughs> I'm going to start crying now just thinking about it, Jesus. What? Oh. <laughs> 
Katara grabs him and she like pulls him down and she just hugs him. And then like the episode ends with Aang crying. Like both times I watched it, Serena, I started crying. Oh my god. And I'm goodness. even crying right now just thinking about it. It just means so much to me. Like that moment, the cinematography with the music, like how it's shaping both of them. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a lot. Ah, uh, I like I for you listeners, I wish that you could like be in the studio right now because <laughs> the passion that is just Rolling off of you, Tyler, is I... No, like, Tyler, you are literally, like, the person that reawakened my passion for Avatar. Oh, my God, shut up. Like, um... You know, and I'm I'm finding out so much that I never noticed before. Mm -hmm. Like, there is so much to this series, and, and, and... Oh, gosh, you know, and wow, I just, tell me more. I just, like, especially with that moment, like, you can... When she grabs him... He's getting angry and he lifts off the ground and Sokka and Toph run away and she just stays there. Mm -hmm. And you see her face like so sad. You know, she has worked all night to keep them together and you see that Aang is losing it and she grabs him and you can see like the pain on her face. You know, she was like, I don't want you to do this. And she pulls him down and she hugs him because she is like trying to keep him together. And then you see him go from literally anger to just complete devastation. And it really shows how much, I kind of hate saying this, but like it needs to be said, like how much she loves him. Yeah, like I agree. How much Katara mm-hmm. cares about Aang and it hurts her to see him in so much pain. And she still puts herself through that to help him, to help, I'm crying again, <laughs> to help him, to help him through his emotions. Oh my God, Tyler, I think I believe in love again. (laughs) No, and like she is the one who keeps them all together. So I love Katara. I love her. This is a 10 out of 10 episode. Um, Yeah, so you said that a lot of this episode was just made for Aang to enter the Avatar state. Um, I kind of disagree. I think it's um, him going through the process of all of his grief and the avatar state is kind of like the accumulation of like he's hit his limit, you know? I don't think the episode is necessarily setting him up to do that. I think the avatar state is more of a result of everything that he's gone through, you know what I mean? Oh, I totally see that. And like, you know, this is why this is why it's so amazing to talk about this with somebody who has such different views cuz like Tyler, we're very similar on a lot of oh, fronts, yeah. but I feel like when it comes to the media that we consume, we consume it very differently. We do, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so eye-opening, and it really does like broaden my horizons to talk mm-hmm. about this with you because I would have not seen it like that. Because when I watched it, I was like, okay, here's saying he's doing the thing because Appa got you know, captured. And I see that. I feel that. Like, I would be mad too. Mm-hmm. Well, you, know? you said you watched this episode with subtitles too. I did. I watched it this episode really with subtitles. It really is how the characters say it too. Like, just reading it is kind of just like the script. But you have to hear how they're saying these lines too. How they feel. The emotions behind their words. You're right. Because also, you know... um, I gotta give a lot of credit to the voice actors. This voice actor was yeah. like 13 when he recorded this. Oh I was gonna God. put that in there. Prodigy. Like, he was prodigy. amazing. I mean, especially when he's so angry. Like, it's not like the stereotypical, like, you never cared about him. It's like, you never care about him. And it's like, 
Oh my God, I'm scared of you right now. You are a child that is going through anger. Oh, it's amazing. I love the way this actor does it. Ah, that's why we are actors. Oh. He's amazing. He's such a great actor. And then he fell off the face of the earth after Avatar. Wait, what's his name? Zach Tyler Eisen. Zach Tyler Eisen. All right. Um, he did one interview like a few weeks ago, and that was like his first. Really? That was like his wow. first interview since doing Avatar. Oh my goodness. Wow, and, like, I did not know that. And he deleted all of his social media accounts. Like, Kudos. Yeah, so he literally fell off the face of the earth. Um, and that was because like he was a kid when he did Avatar. He was getting a lot of like attention, and he didn't want it. He decided he wanted to quit acting after Avatar. Wow. We should try to get him on here. Oh my gosh. No, that would be amazing. Um, also, Tyler, I really felt the the breadth and the weight of, you know, how much you put into not only Avatar The Last Airbender, but this podcast itself. Oh, and I oh just want to say, like, I'm I'm so honored to be here in the same studio with you well, to be you. recording. Like, thank you so much for having me be a part of the team oh, because sure. I feel like I'm learning so much. Yeah, no, thank you. No, thank you. I mean, like, this wouldn't have been able to continue if you didn't sign on to do it. I mean, I'm sure I could have done it by myself, but it wouldn't be as good. Oh my God, it's amazing be a with you here. Star. No, it's it's better with you here. Oh my God, stop! Are we part of the gang? Oh my God! <laughs> but no, like again, mm-hmm. watch this episode again. Yeah. Watch it without subtitles. Like actually listen to it because it's not just the way the actors are saying these things. It is really just the music, and I'm like. I can literally turn on that scene where Aang is going into the Avatar state, and I don't even have to watch it. I can just listen to it. In, in fact, like the second time I was watching it, I was like, okay, I can't cry again. I have my laptop up. I was working on my notes for like the second episode. Mm-hmm. Not the notes. I was working on the script. Mm-hmm. And so I was working on the script, and I, I was like, I can't look at it. So I was like working on the script, and I was like, I can't look. I can't look. And I like started sobbing. And then, like, it hits the part where, like, Katara had grabbed Aang, and I, like, started bawling, and I was like, okay. And I, like, look up at the screen, and I see what's happening, and I just, like, sob even harder, and I was like, I can't. I can't do this. Ah. So, literally, it's not just, it's not even just the dialogue. It Mm -hmm. is literally the music. Um, The music really intensifies the episode as well. Oh, you guys, I feel like there might be a verdict changed coming at the end of season two. Oh, my God. So (laughs) you've already changed one and now you're going. Tyler, I have said this like four times. My (laughs) emotions are fluid. That's all we have for this episode. A huge thank you goes out to our producer and audio engineer, Aaron Bogan, who is now on our Patreon bonus episode, along with our production company, Sound Event Productions and Sound Event Productions and Annie Galloway, who made our cover art and is our production graphic designer <laughs> hey make sure you guys join us next week follow us on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcast and please give us a five-star review on apple Podcasts. it helps more people find us don't forget to tell a friend about the show or share the show if you like it please feel free to reach out to us our email is airbenderpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on twitter or instagram at airbenderpod that's a-i-r bender p-o-d And if you want to be cool like the cool kids, check out our Patreon. Because starting at a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes as well as behind-the-scenes content and bonus episodes. You can find us there by searching the Avatar Podcast Yip Yip or by using the link in the description of this episode. I'm Tyler Strandberg, the host, creator, and head writer of the show. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram, both at TylerJohn7. That's T-Y-L-E-R-J-O-N and the number seven. 
And I'm Serena Schreifels, the co-host of the show. You can follow me on Instagram, just Instagram, because <laughs> I don't have Twitter, at Serena underscore Schreifels. That's S-E-R-E-N-A underscore S-C-H-R-E-I-F-E-L-S. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. I'm still crying. <laughs>